thank the Lord for being good to us. Thank the Lord for each of you that have came out this evening. If you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm 113, Psalm 113, we'll just be using this passage as a, as a place to start from or a springboard, be asking an interesting question this evening. Now, I do want to say before I tell you what, what the subject will be tonight is that this is not an anti Message. It's not like I'm here to, to slam or condemn anything, uh, but rather this is meant to be a fun comparison. And so the question that we're going to be asking tonight, though, is who is better? Jesus or Santa Claus? And so that's going to be the subject of our message this evening. Who is better, Jesus or Santa Claus? Uh, so, uh, but we're going to go here to Psalm 113, and uh, we're going to read this passage, and then we'll take a few minutes uh, to look at this thought. Now, you never know. I told Brother Kent, I said, I might let y'all out early tonight. But he said normally when he has that thought, he goes longer. So I'm not giving you much hope here. But uh, anyway, uh, Psalm 113, the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise all ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God. And this is the verse we're using as a comparison here. Who is better? Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Get that? He humbleth himself not only to see what's here on earth, but also what is in heaven. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. This psalm exalts our God, and it asks the question, who is like our God? You know what? Mankind has tried from the beginning of time to offer a, a competition for our God and who is like our God. So we're just going to use this passage as kind of a springboard to ask the question tonight, who is better, Jesus or Santa Claus? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this group of people. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness to attend, Lord. Not only one service, but, Lord, two services, three services, Lord. Uh, they're faithful to come. They're faithful to be here. They're faithful to listen. Uh, Father, Lord, they're faithful to encourage their pastor with their presence. And, Father, I thank you for them. I thank you, dear Lord, for their faithfulness. And, Lord, as we take a few moments to look at this thought, uh, Father, Lord, I pray that we will see from this, uh, Lord, an opportunity how we can share the gospel with the world around us. And Father, we thank you for it. Bless now as we take a few minutes to look at this thought. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I do want to say again, just before I get started, that this is not an anti-Santa message. And so I'm not up here uh, trying to slam Santa today, uh, uh, but rather this is a comparison uh, wherewith, I hope, uh, to be able to exalt Jesus through this comparison. When the Christmas season rolls around, uh, there are two main characters. There's two main storylines, uh, two thought patterns that dominate the season. One, of course, 
is Santa Claus and the other is the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, whenever you look at families, you'll find that some only celebrate one or the other. There are families who only celebrate the birth of Christ and have nothing to do with Santa Claus. Others who only have Santa Claus and have nothing to do with the birth of Christ and don't want to recognize Christmas as being a Christian holiday. There are some who include both in their home, but they keep them separate. You know, this is definitely two separate things. And then there are others who blend them into one story in their home and their celebration. Whenever you look into Santa Claus, uh, uh, you'll find that there's a modern Santa, the one that we're familiar with. There's the historical Santa, and there's several varieties of the historical Santa. Uh, there's the Christian Santa. There's the pagan Santa. You could go on and on. There's lots of things we could look into about Santa, and we've done some of that in the past. But whenever you consider Santa Claus, there's one thing for certain. Santa Claus is here to stay. Now, there may be people who wish he wasn't. There may be people who wish he would go away, but Santa Claus is here to stay. He is going to be a part of the Christmas season. He's going to be in the parade. He's going to be in the Christmas movies. Santa Claus is here to stay. He's somebody that we're not getting rid of. And actually, there's really no reason to run or hide from Santa Claus. He is part of the season for better or for worse, uh, he's here and he's going to be included in all of the festivities. Now, sometimes whenever you think about Santa Claus, he's a pretty convincing guy. Now, I don't know how many of y'all watch Christmas movies, but come this time of year, Christmas movies is all that plays all the time, you know. And uh, sometimes Santa Claus is a pretty convincing guy. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched Ernest Saves Christmas. I, that's the best Christmas movie of all time. I'm telling you, Ernest Saves Christmas, that, that old guy in Ernest Saves Christmas, he will almost make you believe in Santa Claus. I'm telling you, he's pretty convincing about this thing, you know, of how he, how he did it and he's passing it all. He's pretty convincing Santa Claus. But then other Christmas stories like the elf and that poor guy in the toy store, I mean, he was not Santa Claus. An elf was sure to make sure everybody knew that guy was not Santa Claus. Sometimes he's convincing, sometimes he's not convincing, uh, but we always uh, see... Uh, Santa Claus, however you view Santa Claus though, Santa Claus is here to stay. And because he's here to stay, I want to take an opportunity this evening and show you how we can use Santa Claus as a springboard to share the gospel and highlight the greatness of our Savior. You say, how in the world, Pastor John? You done fell off your rocker. Well, I might have. But anyway, I'm going to show you how that we can use Santa Claus as a springboard to share the gospel. Now, like I said, no, no way this evening am I intending to slam Santa Claus, but instead I'm going to use Santa Claus uh, to make a comparison between who culture accepts as a great guy. Wouldn't you say that generally culture views Santa Claus as an overall great guy? He's a pretty good fella. Everybody likes Santa Claus. But I'm going to compare this culturally accepted great guy to the even greater Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever we think about Santa Claus, especially as he's presented today, uh, we generally all agree, as I said, that he's a good guy. He's jolly. He likes to laugh. Uh, he has a herd of amazing flying reindeer, uh, and he brings you toys. I mean, what is there not to like about a guy like this? This guy's a pretty good guy. We all agree that we like Santa Claus. Uh, uh, and although he does have a slightly troubling stalker tendency, you know, he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. You know, that bothers me sometimes when I think about it. But other than his stalker tendencies, uh, uh, he seems that he's genuinely a nice fella. 
and he genuinely wants to see boys and girls be good. So, I mean, what's not to like about this fellow? Seems like he has a good motive, and, and we, he lets children know that if they behave, they'll earn themselves a place on the nice list. And if you wind up on the nice list, I mean, you'll get showered with all kind of gifts. But if you're bad, if you're naughty, you end up on the naughty list, and you get a stocking full of coal. So this is, this is Santa Claus. It seems like he's a real motivator and he's definitely been utilized many, many times over the years uh, to motivate good behavior. Santa Claus, you know, motivates folks to be good. Hey, don't wind up on the naughty list, you know. Make sure you're on the nice list. And so we want to make sure that we find there where we're at. But whenever you compare Santa Claus to Jesus, I realize that there's a few areas where Santa Claus falls short. There's a few areas where he comes up lacking. Now, it looks pretty good from the start. It looks like he's a great guy. It looks like he's a good motivator. He's accomplishing great things. But whenever we compare him with Jesus, we realize that Santa Claus comes up short. As a matter of fact, when I began considering Santa Claus, I got to thinking Santa Claus would have been right at home with the Pharisees. Now, I've never placed Santa Claus with the Pharisees before, but Santa Claus and the Pharisees think a lot alike. They're kind of consumed with, with law-keeping. You ever notice that? They're kind of consumed with rewarding those that keep the law and punishing those that don't keep the law. The, the Pharisees in Jesus' day uh, uh, had a fondness for rule-keeping, good behavior, rewarding high performers and... Uh, that's Santa Claus. That's how he works. He's kind of like a Pharisee whenever you begin to look at that. Now, whenever you look at Santa Claus and his outlay of naughty versus nice, it seems good at first. Naughty versus nice, oh, it just seems good. But when you begin to think about it, the underlying message of Santa Claus's moral system is try harder, do better. Try harder, do better. Now, we portray him as a guy that brings all kind of gifts, and this is, you know, how he's portrayed. But his underlying message is try harder, do better. And that is really not a gift. Because whenever you take someone such as us humans who are morally incapable of doing good on our own, and you tell us the only way to succeed is to try harder and do better, you chain us to a treadmill of nowhere, and we run 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 and we never gain any distance because we're always trying harder trying to do better, uh, trying to get somewhere that we're unable to do. Uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, Santa Claus's naughty versus nice list kind of lines up with a lot of religions I'm familiar with. Try harder, try harder, try harder. This is the way he likes to put things out there. Uh, it puts us here on this eternal treadmill, uh, never gaining any distance. Santa Claus is a nice guy. Santa Claus's moral plan falls short. Matter of fact, the idea of being rewarded for doing good is a trap that mankind has fell in over and over and over again for years. Matter of fact, there are people even today who have walked away from the offer of salvation because in their mind they have the idea that they can be good enough to merit eternity on their own. And people have walked away from God's free gift over and over and over again because they think I can be good enough to get it on my own. 
It looks good at the front, but it falls short because when men try to rely on their own niceness to earn their way into eternity, they find that they're incapable. Over and over again, men and women find that they can't be good enough. They're incapable of righteousness and their own strength. And over and over again, we find men and women on the sidelines of life, discouraged, despondent, giving up, cynical, angry, because they weren't able to do it on their own. While Satan's merit system does seem to fall short, I'm glad to say that the grace of the gospel shines bright. Where Satan comes up lacking, Jesus shines through. Whenever we turn to the Word of God, we find that Jesus is the ultimate gift giver. The gospel of our Savior actually turns Santa's naughty and nice list right up on its head. It is so much better. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Now, like I said, I'm not trying to knock Santa Claus this evening. If you have Santa Claus in your decorations, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I am saying that God's gift is far better than Santa Claus's gift. Santa Claus says, I'll bring you toys, but you have to earn them. Jesus says, I will give you a true gift because you don't have to do anything to earn what I am going to give you. Santa Claus says, if you're nice, I'll bring you tons of toys. I'll shower you with all kinds of things if you're nice. Jesus said, not because of what you have done, but because of what I have done, I will give you the gift of salvation. The ultimate gift of salvation is given not because we're nice, not because we're good, not because we earned it. A matter of fact, if we did look at the scale of naughty versus nice, we do not deserve the gift that Christ has has given to us, and yet we see in Titus chapter number two and verse or number three, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. I don't know how you see it, but I believe it's pretty clear that Jesus showed Santa up on this one. Santa's a pretty good guy, but Jesus has showed him up. Santa Claus says, earn it. This is the message of Santa Claus. You know the song. Should I try to sing it? You better not cry. Let me see here. Yeah, you better not cry. You better not pout. You better not. I don't know. I can't get it right. Y'all know the song, though. Santa Claus says you better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. You better behave because Santa Claus is coming and he's going to be checking up on you. It says there, here's that problem I told you he had. He knows if you are sleeping. He knows if you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. This is the message of Santa Claus. You have to earn it. You have to earn it what I'm going to give you. But then Jesus says in John chapter number 1 and verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. Santa says you have to earn it. Jesus says all you have to do is receive it. It is a free gift that I will bestow upon you. Santa Claus says... If you're good, 
I'll give you my love. So be good for goodness sake. If you're good, I'll, I'll give you my love. And in 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 10, Jesus says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Santa Claus says, if you're good, I'll love you. Jesus says, I will love you. He says, accept my love and I will make you good. 1 John 4 verse number 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Santa Claus says, you have, to, you have to be good for me to love you. Jesus says, I'm going to love you until you learn to love me back. Santa Claus says, you've got to earn my love. Jesus says, I freely give my love. Santa Claus makes a list and checks it twice, trying to find out who's naughty or nice. There's a Santa Claus. He's got his list. He goes down through that list. Who's naughty? Who's nice? Who's been good? Who's been bad? And then he goes and checks it again. Because, you know why he's checking it again? Because if you've been bad, he don't have to give you no toys. This helps him out. He's checking it twice. He wants to find out who's naughty or nice. He's, he's looking it over. He's checking you out. But the Bible says here in Revelation 22, verse number 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Uh, Santa Claus has a list, and he's checking it twice to find out who's naughty and nice, but the Bible tells me that Jesus has included everyone on his list. Everyone is included. Everyone is eligible. Everyone is, is up to get the gift. All you have to do is receive it. No one is excluded. All are welcome. We know the verse well. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I believe that Jesus is a little better gift giver than Santa Claus because Jesus said, it doesn't matter who you are, I have bestowed my love upon everyone. I bestow my love on all who will receive me. Another thing I thought about when I was considering this comparison is that Santa Claus comes once a year at midnight and leaves before anybody can catch him. I mean, this guy is in and out. Matter of fact, a lot of children have lost sleep on Christmas Eve trying to snag that rascal. And I imagine there's a few adults who've lost some sleep trying to snag that fella. We just want to catch that rep. I mean, all of you, you don't have to raise your hand, Mitty. You got that Santa app tracker on your phone already. You're trying to track where he's at from the North Pole on Christmas Eve. You following him on that Santa tracker, you know, seeing where Santa Claus is at, watching that. You, you're trying to figure all this out. He comes in once a year. He flies in and he flies out. I've seen another Christmas movie where they were they had this big contraption machine that really did some fancy stuff. And I said, now that, that makes sense. And pulling it with reindeer, I ain't getting that. But this, this uh, uh, space shuttle, you might pull it off with that thing. But anyway, he comes in at midnight. He flies out. Never seen 
Brother Ted, there's never any personal interaction with Santa Claus. Now, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters are written and mailed off to Santa Claus. Hundreds of children write these things down. Here's what we want for Christmas. They mail these lists to Santa Claus. So they arrive at the North Pole for those children that are listening, and they also read these letters, and then they mail them back to you. But nobody, nobody ever gets any personal interaction with Santa Claus. But you know what I find out about Jesus? Is Jesus never leaves. He is always with me. I am able to talk to him anytime I want. I don't have to mail off a letter and wait for a response. I can connect with him instantly, anytime, anywhere. Matter of fact, he dwells on the inside of me. He guides me. He directs me. He instructs me. He talks to me all year long. Matter of fact, I don't have to wait till Christmas to make a request for something I need from the Savior. I just simply tell him I need it. It don't matter if it's June or February or August. August, he's listening and he will meet my needs. The Bible says that he will meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He never runs late. He's always on time. He is always with us. The Bible says in Matthew 28 and verse number 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In John 14 and verse number 16, Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Verse number 17, he said, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And look at verse number 18. It took me a while before I put all this together, what you have right here in verse number 18. But in verse number 18, still talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus speaking, says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. You want to see a picture of the Trinity? Jesus says here, he says, uh, he says I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He said, I'll pray the Father. I'll pray the Father. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'll pray the Father, and the Father will send you another comforter. And then it comes in verse number 18, and he says, and I will be with you. In other words, Jesus in the flesh is going to pray to God in heaven, and God in heaven is going to send God the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of me. And Jesus just wraps it all up in one nutshell and said what that means is I will be living on the inside of you. God, the Trinity, or the three-in-one, will be moving in and taking up residence. You won't be comfortless. You won't be without. You won't be alone. I will be with you. Santa Claus is a pretty good guy to drop in once a year, but I believe Jesus has got him beat because Jesus never leaves. He's always here. He is always with us. Many times the message of Christmas that we hear proclaimed is be good for goodness sake. But the true message of Christmas is not be good for goodness sake. But the true message of Christmas is that Jesus was already good for my sake. You know, whenever we look at ourselves on a more serious note, I can't be good enough. There's no way. I can't merit my own salvation. I can't earn my own eternity. I can't be good enough, but Jesus is good enough, and he was good enough 
on my behalf. Jesus has already been good for me. In Ephesians chapter number 2, Ephesians chapter number 2, the Bible says, And you, that's speaking of you and I have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Sounds like we're on the naughty list. Does that sound like the naughty list to you? But God. Well, I'm telling you right, right there, if you mark in your Bible, just circle any time you see those two words together. Because any time you see those two words together, you know that something good has happened on my account because of a loving heavenly Father. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Have you ever had one of those Christmases where you unwrap a small box and it's just a small gift. I remember we did this to our, uh, Michaela and Kel one year. They wanted bicycles for Christmas. This was several years ago. They wanted bicycles for Christmas. And we wrapped up something else, something small, something inexpensive, and gave that to them as their gift. They opened it and they were like, oh, thank you, thank you. And, but you could see confusion on their face because, you know, even if they didn't get a bicycle, this just was not a lot, but they, they weren't going to say anything. You could tell they weren't going to say anything at all. And then I said, uh, hey, uh, girls, there's some hot chocolate in the kitchen. Can y'all go in there and get us some hot chocolate? And they went into the kitchen and parked in the kitchen was bicycles. <laughs> and boy, they came out just all excited. It's the best way I could come up with to wrap bicycles. You ever try to wrap a bicycle? But Oh, they was all excited. They had their bicycles, and here they come running out. You see, what does that have to do with the Bible? Well, we see here that Jesus said here in the book of Ephesians that we were dead in trespasses and sins, and he made us alive. Now, that's a pretty big gift. That's a pretty phenomenal thing that he has done for us. But he said, that's just the little gift. Because it says here in verse number 7 that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace toward us. He said, here's what I've done for you now, but there's a much bigger gift coming later. You see, the good news is not that we have to be good in order to earn gifts. No, the good news that Jesus has made a way, he has provided salvation, and he is not only going to save us from eternal punishment, but he is going to dump multiple blessings upon us for all eternity. Many times we hear folks use the phrase whenever they're trying to sell whatever their product is, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know that that gift exists uh, here on a temporal earth, uh, but I know a gift that keeps on giving, uh, and that is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. The gift that keeps on giving. The gospel of Jesus Christ 
when compared to the dull, good versus, more, good versus bad moral system of Santa Claus, the gospel of Jesus Christ is an explosion of hope. And so this Christmas season, feel free to include Santa Claus. But when you include Santa Claus, recognize that he is a tremendous springboard to tell this lost world how that Jesus, our Savior, is way better than Santa Claus. You enjoying Christmas? You enjoying Santa Claus? Let me tell you about somebody that is far better than Santa Claus. Jesus lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death that we deserve to die. He gives everyone on the naughty list, and that's all of us, the gift of God's love and the promise of eternal life. This evening, Santa Claus may come down the chimney, but Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will answer the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. On Christmas Eve, we leave them cookies out. Santa Claus snags them up. Jesus says, if you open the door, I'll come in and eat with you. We'll sit down and share the cookies and milk together. We'll, we'll fellowship. We'll talk together. Santa may sneak down the chimney and drop off some gifts and sneak out, but Jesus says, I want a personal relationship. Come answer the door. Anybody, anybody answer the door. Don't matter if you're naughty or nice. Don't matter what your background is. Don't matter what your history is. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. If you will answer the door, I will come in and I will give you a gift that is beyond any gift you've ever received. All you have to do is accept my offer. The offer of salvation stands. The free gift is available and everyone is eligible. I don't know about you, but I believe that's some good news worth sharing. I believe that is a gift that can make a difference in Christmas season. I believe that is some real hope on Christmas. You know, we hear the naughty versus nice, and we all like to imagine that we're on the nice list. Oh, you've heard all kinds of things, all kinds of Christmas songs. They explain away their bad things and turn it into nice. You know, everybody's always explaining reasons why the naughtiness doesn't count and they're still going to be on the nice list. But you know what? Everybody knows down deep in their heart that if Santa was real thorough, wouldn't any of us get a gift? But Jesus says it doesn't matter who you are. I will give you my gift. This Christmas season, Take the opportunity, you know, during the Christmas season, for whatever reason, I know there's many who's against uh, Christ, many who are against uh, religion, and more and more and more we see our world turning its back on religion. For whatever reason, during the Christmas season, the lost become more receptive to the things of God. You can tell it if you just watch people. You can find it out if you look at statistics. You ask people who don't go to church when they do go. If you, if you were to go, when would you go? They go on Christmas. People are far more open to the things of God during the Christmas season than any other time of the year. Why not take part of their celebration and use it as a way to point them to the Savior and let them see why Jesus is better Whenever you leave this evening out on the rack back, there's some gospel tracks designed for the Christmas season. Grab you some gospel tracks. 
Tell folks about the Savior. Share the gospel. Grab some of the books of Luke. Share them with co-workers and tell folks, hey, this Christmas season, let me tell you about somebody who's even better than Santa Claus. I mean, everybody likes Santa. and If you can show them how Jesus is better, somebody might give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate Christmas than to see folks coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to let you all out early. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, as we looked at this, and Lord, I know it was a lighthearted approach, but Father, Lord, I pray that it not take away from the seriousness of the fact that, Lord, you do offer salvation. You have offered it to whosoever will. Father, there is no one on the face of this earth that you would not save. And so, Father, I pray that you will help us as your people to do our part during this Christmas season, Lord, to spread the good news, to tell others, and Lord, that others may come to know you as Savior. And, Father, Lord, they will find out that, Lord, there is a deeper meaning to Christmas that may be what they've experienced thus far. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for these that are here. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with us throughout this evening, throughout this week, and Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you all. You are dismissed.